You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 3-1 pitch, swing and a drive. Deep to right field, way up there, way out of here. Goodbye, baseball. Eight strikeout for the King tonight and make it... 23 consecutive scoreless innings for Phoenix. Strike three called on the outside corner, and there it is. It's time for the Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. Kyle Seager, that just happened. Thank you very much. Now, here's your host, Gary Hill. And here we go, Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. Thanks for being back once again. Well, the Mariners take it to the Kansas City Royals in the first game of the three-game series in Kansas City. Uh, the offense explodes. We'll get to the highlights in just a second. There's plenty of them to go around. Some nice post-game reaction as well. Some good stuff coming up on this podcast. We have bullpen banter. This time, trainer Rick Griffin with Robinson Cano for bullpen banter. Franklin Gutierrez is going to be a guest. Shannon Dreyer, a chance to catch up with the Mariners outfielder, has been so tremendously productive this season for the Mariners. We talked about it yesterday, but it's just amazing everything that he has done. He's going to talk about the season he is having with Shannon Dreyer. And (laughs) I have a Dave Niehaus read that I haven't played on this one before, and I think you're really going to like it. It comes up at the very end of the podcast. So a little Dave Niehaus action coming up, which is always fantastic. So that comes up at the very end. But let's get to the game last night. Mariners taking on the Kansas City Royals after taking two of three from the Texas Rangers and now trying to take a bite out of the central leaders. And it happened from the very first inning. Mariners wasting no time at all. Kyle Seager going yard in the first inning. And then Robinson Cano just blasting one. The one will pitch the Robbie swing and a high fly ball deep right field Rios going back to the one he tracked to the wall leaps up and it's gone up near the fountains Robinson Cano with a home run his 18th home run of the season already the second home run of the inning and of the game Seager and Cano with home runs here at the top of the first and the Mariners have a two nothing lead off of Jeremy Guthrie. Yeah, 2-0 lead early on, and then the floodgates open in the third, which is fitting because Kansas City, you know, the fountains, and uh, and they have fountains everywhere in Kansas City. It's a city of fountains, and they have fountains at the stadium, and the floodgates open, the fountains. Well, the Mariners got to work offensively. Pitch to Cano, swung on, driven deep to right, center field, and long gone, Robbie Cano with a three-run homer. And that's career hit number 1999. Home run number 19. Four RBI night for Cano. And the Mariners have a 6-0 lead here in the third. Open it up. 6-0 at that point. Cano going deep twice in the ball game. And they weren't done with the inning either. Brad Miller going yard. Here's a drive by Miller. Deep to right. High carrying out of here. Brad Miller with a home run, a two-run shot. And the Mariners are devastating Kansas City here in the third inning. 9-0 Seattle for Brad Miller, his 10th home run. RBIs 42 and 43. A massive inning, a seven-run inning. 
in the third for the Mariners. They had a 9 nothing lead. And a lot of home runs, a lot of long balls. Seager hits his 25th, ties a career high. Brad Miller hits his 10th, ties a career high. Cano goes deep twice, 19 on the season. And Jesus Montero, he'd go yard as well. The pitch. Swing and a fly ball to the center field and deep. Kane going back to the warning track, looking up. Goodbye baseball, straight away center field. Jesus Montero with his fifth home run of the season. Since coming up from Tacoma, the Mariners' fifth home run in this game. And it's a two-run shot with Smith aboard. And it's now the Mariners' 11. And the Royals nothing. And we're only in the top of the fourth inning. How about that? battering the Royals and for long balls the Mariners now thanks to Brad Miller he gets in double figures the Mariners nine hitters this year double figures in home runs and that ties a club record ties them with the 88 M's the 97 Mariners and the 2013 Mariners all of those teams had nine different Mariners double figures in home runs and this team does as well so brad miller makes it nine this year for the m's a lot of long balls for the mariners this year especially since the all-star break but oh, they just piled on and that was plenty iwakuma the starter was simply outstanding in this one the one-two pitch swing and a missed strike three and another strikeout for hisashi iwakuma that's number seven in this game that's it for Mustakis. And the Royals here in the bottom of the fifth inning. Holy smokes. Isashi Wakuma has been outstanding. He was great. Seven innings of three-hit ball. No runs, one walk, and ten strikeouts. That's a season high. He dips into double figures. He gets the win to improve into nine and fours. The Mariners coast to victory 11-2. to They pound out 13 hits along the way. All kinds of home runs. Cano drives in four runs. Montero drives in three. Miller a couple hits as well. Just a big night all the way around, pitching uh, offensively. And for Iwakuma, his 10 strikeouts, something I think is pretty interesting. So he gets his 10th punch out. The Mariners, with that, have had six different guys this year with 10-plus strikeouts in a game. And that's a Mariners record. They've never had that many in a season with 10-plus strikeouts. It's the sixth time this year, which is amazing. So just to put it in a little perspective, from May 19th, 1993 to August 12th, 1997, so 93 to 97, the Mariners had exactly one pitcher who had 10-plus strikeouts in a ball game. Granted, it was Randy Johnson, and he did it 53 times, but still it was only one pitcher in that whole time period that struck out 10 or more in a game. This year, the Mariners have had six. Take it a step further. The Mariners have had 33 pitchers in the history of the franchise strike out 10 or more in a start, at least one start. 33 different pitchers. Seven are on the 40-man roster right now. Seven of the 33 are on the 40-man roster at this current moment, which I find pretty remarkable. So... There's all kinds of stuff about this one. The home runs, the offense, the strikeouts. There was a lot to like, and the skipper certainly liked it. Here's Lloyd McClendon. Well, I mean, you know, obviously I think it's a combination of both. Uh, 
you know, offense was really, really good tonight, obviously. And, and Iwakuma just, he just breezed once he got the lead. He started in the spots. He was in and out. And it makes it a lot easier to pitch in those situations. So He's been awfully good here, though, for a pretty good stretch. You kind of where you thought he'd be all year when he's healthy. Yeah, he showed that to us last year. You know, won 15 games last year. It's just unfortunate. You know, I don't think he's made 15 starts this year. So it's just, it is what it is. But, you know, he's throwing the ball extremely well now. We've asked you a little bit about this at times. Probably playing through that abdominal strain, but he's put on a heck of a seven weeks since he came back from that. Yeah, I wish he got hurt earlier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's swinging the bat extremely well. I mean, obviously, he can't run in the way he likes to run. He's not moving, you know, in the field as much as he likes to move around. But uh, offensively, it hasn't really affected him. That one play, though, from uh, Robbie Takuma in the fifth inning, deep in the hole uh, towards right field, that he did just a timing toss to him. Well, yeah, that's not as easy as you think. I mean, Robbie made a real nice play there. He was playing in the pool. But, you know, throwing to a pitcher on the run is hard to do. You played. You, you had lots of games here over the years. You guys made this park look small tonight. Yeah, you know, traditionally it doesn't play this small. But, you know, I thought the ball jumped. It jumped in early VP today, so and I think it carried over into the game. We've seen the, the several big innings. And you saw that in the third inning, just one at bat feeding off of the other. What are they doing in, in that instance that might be different than... Well, I mean, listen, it's not rocket science. Science, You know, we're getting pitches to hit, you know, up in the zone, and the guys are not missing them. They're taking advantage of them. Um, I don't know about – I guess they're feeding off each other. I, I don't know. I, I, they say hitting is contagious. I think it's contagious if you're getting pitches to hit. But, um, and it's, you know, they say slumps are contagious when you're not getting pitches to hit. So I, I don't know. So – and it just continues for Cano now since the All-Star break, batting 329, an on-base percentage of 395. He's slugging 554, all great numbers. He's popped 13 homers, bashed 11 doubles. He's driven in 43. He's walked 25 times. His production has been incredible since the All-Star break, bashing two home runs. Here's what Cano had to say after the ball game. The whole team right now, it just seems like so much confidence at the plate every time. You well, I mean, yeah, we've been playing pretty good lately, and uh, we've been doing what I say, the little things. I mean, we're doing a job, I mean, getting guys over, you know, being in the wrong scene and starting pitches, pitching really good. And, I mean, the whole, you got what you call off and different and, and pitching. I mean, it's been together, so that's why we've been getting a game lately. You've been swinging the bat. Very well. Are you just trying to avoid having to run very fast? Is that? Well, <laughs> you, yeah. out, you don't have to worry about it. I mean. Well, thanks God I've been swinging really well because I mean I could have been running, but um, you know, and uh, like I would say, I, I was feeling good that um, you know, the whole season I would see, I would say, thing is just falling right now, and uh, like I said, I mean, we're gonna go out there and keep fighting every single day, and that, that's all we do as a team. The ball that you hit to right center field is the furthest ball you've hit since 2013. Did it feel like that? Well, honestly, no. I mean, I, I, you know, I just, I just, I know how to go, go swim, but I didn't know it's gonna be that far. How you style? <laughs> so I didn't know it's gonna be that far, but um, you know, for me, it doesn't matter how far it goes, as long as go over the wall, that's good. There was Robinson Cano, and it. I was looking at the numbers. Uh, 
I just mentioned Cano's numbers since the All-Star break. But you look at the Mariners as a team since the All-Star break, and it's amazing. I mean, they're slashing a batting average 270. That's third best since the All-Star break. They're on base percentage 334. That's fourth best. And this is all of baseball, not just American League. Fourth best since the All-Star break. They're slugging 463. That's second best since the All-Star break. Their home run numbers, they're second in baseball. They're just four behind the Blue Jays, which is crazy to think about because seemingly the Blue Jays are hitting you know, 10 home runs a ball game, and the Mariners are right there in terms of offense since the break. It's Man, it's been a great second half offensively for the M's, and it continued against Kansas City. I'm very interested to see how the rest of this series plays out. Kansas City, too, you know, they're getting to the point now where we're nearing the postseason. Kansas City not playing their best baseball. Their bullpen has taken a hit now. Holland is just – he's not healthy. Wade Davis is going to be the closer now, which is not going to be a problem. He can certainly do the job. He's been the best relief pitcher in baseball the last two years. But what it does, it really takes away their depth, and it hurts leverage situations – especially in the eighth inning, the game on the line, to have Davis come in and, and shut you down. They don't quite have that. So they're at a point where they want to start playing, getting rubbed up for the postseason, playing good baseball again, getting things together again. And these next couple games are going to be pretty interesting. The Mariners playing well better than anyone in terms of wins, uh, at least in the American League, in terms of wins in September. So interesting series. So tonight, 5-10 first pitch from Kansas City. Renes Elias, and it's going to be Ventura on the other side for KC. 12-8, and eight, a big fastball, and a 4.40 ERA. So this should be a very interesting one. The Mariners now just three games below 500 at 74-77, and 77, and they continue to crush it away from home. 40-36 and 36 on the road now. And they'll try and continue on the road against the Kansas City Royals. So we talked yesterday quite a bit about Franklin Gutierrez and the season he's having. So let's hand things over now to Shannon Dreyer. A chance to talk a little bit more with Franklin Gutierrez. Shannon Dreyer here in the dugout in Kansas City catching up with Franklin Gutierrez. And Franklin, watching you this year, it's it's been, I think, one of the best stories on the team. We see what you're doing with the bat right now. And uh, four home runs the last four games. You're on a ridiculous pace with the home runs. When you connect with the ball right now, what does it feel like? It feels great, I'm telling you. Just, uh, you know, I never expect to hit those many homers in a, in a short period of time. It's just uh, one of those things that, you know, when you're doing good, everything seems like goes the same way, you know. Just, uh, I go out there because I'm not playing every day. I'm just trying to do whatever I can at the play. And just, you know, I'm seeing good pitches and, and putting a good swing on the ball and, you know, hitting good and hitting balls out. So. But uh, it's not like I'm looking for to hit home. It's just I'm trying to get on base. But, you know, sometimes you hit the ball hard and it goes out. Gutierrez, the hitter now, as opposed to Gutierrez, the hitter seven years ago. Are you different? I think I'm, I'm, uh, I'm different right now. I think uh, I feel like I have much more confidence at the play. I'm not rushing myself to, you know, to swing. And uh, I'm just trying to stay calm in any situation, minus on the score position. Uh, whatever the situation is, it just uh, I think having the experience uh, playing a long time baseball just give you that confidence that, that you need. 
Who's been influential to you in your hitting throughout your career? Who, who's kind of been the person that's... You know, there is a lot of people who always tell you a lot of different things. I've been having a lot of uh, hitting coaches uh, throughout my career. But I think uh, uh, as soon as uh, I went to AAA, I think it was, one of those days when uh, Edgar went over there and he told me just a little things about my swing and about some drills that I have to do to, you know, to be better hitting the ball. And I think that changed a lot for me on my swing and, and my approach. So I, right now I'm staying with the same approach. I'm doing the same thing every day. You know, it, it seems like it's working. He was a pretty good hitter. He had a pretty good idea on what he's talking about. He's pretty easy to listen to, isn't he? Yeah, he's pretty easy to listen to. And, and, and you know, he's a, he's a great guy. He, he knows a lot about hitting. And, and, you know, he just tells you simple things that you need to do and, and if you do it and it works well for you you know you're going to be a successful hitter now were they really two or three things or did you have to go through a couple of different things to find it not really it was it was uh, only one thing that he told me to do it was one drill that i had to do to you know cut, try to keep my hands through the ball uh in the beginning it was it was a little uncomfortable because i never done it before but as soon as i, I started doing that every day it just you know came easy to me and uh, that's what I'm doing right now. I'm trying to stay with the same approach and, and not changing anything. You look a little bigger and stronger right now, too. Is that true, and is that a result of the work that you have to put in to be on the field? Yeah, I mean, I got some weight, you know, right now. I'm waiting uh, 214 right now. And I think that's also one of the reasons why probably I'm hitting the ball a little uh, with more power right now. I think that, that really helps. Before, I was like 185, 190. And, uh, you know, it was, it's a pretty significant way uh, right now. So um, I feel good right there. I feel strong. And, you know, the way that the Seattle is using me to play, not every day, I think that's the way that I'm feeling healthy right now. It was important to you to come back and play. I'm assuming this isn't a one and done. You've answered all your questions. Oh, yeah, pretty much. Pretty much I answered all the questions. Uh, I just need to keep, you know, my, my mind strong to overcome all the things that I have to go through every day and that's it and that's pretty much it. How much more is that every day? How long does that take you? It's pretty much every day you know I just uh, think this is uh, making me a little stronger in my mind and uh, because there is time when you know because the thing that I have that everybody knows what I have it just sometimes uh, you feel like you don't want to even move or you don't want to even do anything but anyway you have to go out there and, and perform and that's the part that I've been overcoming all, all this time, and, and I feel great about it. Well, it. Looks like the hard work is really paying off. Thank you, Franklin. Yeah, thank you very much. And now, bullpen banter time. Rick Griffin with Robinson Cano. Hello, everybody. This is bullpen banter with Rick Griffin once again filling in for Charlie Furbush, who once again is back in Seattle rehabbing his injured shoulder. But today we brought out the big star. We brought out Robinson Cano. He was kind enough to come out of the clubhouse and talk to us today. So Robinson, welcome. Thank you, thank you for having me. We're glad to have you. This is a kind of a big thing today. Um, before I start asking you some very important questions, uh, you had an amazing event this year, which uh, I was invited to and I enjoyed. We got to dress up, everybody was all fancy and it was beautiful at the Paramount Theater and you had a fundraiser for your foundation and uh, it was amazing. Just Could you just tell us a little bit about that and, and how you got into that? Well, I mean, I got into that, I would say, eight years ago, but I always 
you know, want to do that. And I was as a kid when I grew up, I want to help my town, people in my town growing up. Really poor town. It's a little better now, but I mean, still, we got, you know, like places there that they need a lot of help. And uh, the start, everything was really good. I want to, you know, now they get a chance. Thanks to guys like Jeter, they show up the fir- on the first one, on my first um, foundation dinner. And after that, it's something that I used, that I used to do every year. Also, I want to thank the people in Seattle. Everyone in Seattle that showed up and showed me love to the foundation. And on behalf of all the people in Dominican, also thank you. Really, really appreciate their support this year. And and you guys raised over a million dollars. Yes, over one point something. Yes. Yeah, well, that's great. And I know the the people in the Dominican are going to be grateful. I've I've been down there, and, and I know what you're trying to do, and it's going to be a great opportunity for for those guys down there to to benefit from your generosity. Who, in your opinion, is the best dresser on the team this year, aside from yourself, of course? Felix. Felix. You think Felix is the best, huh? Yes. He's got some unusual color combinations, I'll tell you that. Yeah, that thing is easy, but it's got to be between him and Nelson. Yeah. You know, they both of them dress really nice. Yeah, Nelson looks good in emerald green. I remember the emerald green costume earlier in the year. That was quite a flashy costume. So, without throwing anybody under the bus, who would you say is the worst? Oof. <laughs> you know... Well, I don't want to throw anybody under the ball. Well, there's a couple of guys. How about, how about if you just say the position of the player? You don't have to say his name. How about just the position? Ooh, I got to think about who's the worst. We got a lot of young guys here. I mean, and it's, it's hard when you don't make that much money, go out and spend money on clothes. Yeah. But I think he's a pitcher. <laughs> I, I think it might be an infielder, but that's some guy you, you associate with closely. But we definitely have some. All right, let's ask a question about uh, what's your favorite kind of food? Because I know... When we're on the road, you guys uh, do a great job. All of the Latin players, you guys cook for each other. When you come to the ballpark, there's usually Latin food for you from somebody on the other team. But aside from that, what is your favorite kind of food? I mean, I grew up eating my Dominican one, so I would love everywhere I go, I can find that Dominican food, rice, chickens, and beans. <laughs> That's Rice, chicken, and beans is pretty good. Do you, uh, have you been out to any of this good seafood restaurants in Seattle? Do you like seafood? Yeah, I love seafood. I've been to the um, Aqua. Aqua has a nice sea bass. Mm-hmm. Oh, love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, seafood is great in Seattle. I grew up in Utah, so I, I know how good the seafood is there. If you could go in a time machine, you could go anywhere you wanted to go in a time machine, would you go forward in time or backwards in time, and where would you go? Oh, fo- not forward because I don't know where we're going to be. <laughs> but I would look back in time, to go back in time in the 70s. Oh, I like to go back and see the guys with the afros and stuff like that. I, you could go to, to Studio, uh, was it Studio 54 in New York and, and dance? Maybe, yes. Yeah. Well, I know how to dance, so if I would know how to dance, I would go, I would go with my, let it go with my afro and those tiny pants open on the bottom. The bell bottoms? Yes. White shoes and white belt? Yes. Yeah, staying alive, that's you. Yeah, staying alive, that's the music right there. <laughs> Tell me about your good friend, Mr. Kyle Seeger. You and him have a lot of fun. You guys joking around a lot. Uh, what are some of the things you guys joke around about? Well, honestly, I like Seeger. You know, good young kid. I mean, humble, listen. And, and the guy that, um, you know, plays again every day. And remind me myself when I first came over, you know, I love to be there every day. He's been every day. And, uh, I mean, we always joke around everything. I'm trying to make fun with him, and, you know, he's a guy that, uh, you know, I joke, but always with respect. 
you know, you always pick a guy that you can joke around and you're going to get mad and understanding that everything you do is a joke, not nothing serious. And uh, but we, we always talk about a little bit of everything. You know, there's some time that um talk about like personal stuff, games, joking around, kind of everything. You guys definitely have fun and you keep keep each other loose and, and that's a good thing and that's important to have on the team. Well, thank you for being uh, on the show today and we appreciate it and uh, good luck today in the game and uh, good luck the rest of the season. Thank you and thanks for having me. And finally, this is a piece you've probably heard before, but have you heard it from Dave Niehaus before? That's the question. Here it is. I think you'll like it. On this uh, penultimate uh, at home with Dave segment, I thought we would uh, touch on uh, one of the countries. I th- I think one of the great comedians uh, of our time. His name is George Carlin, and he had a, a stand-up routine called baseball and football. Basically, the difference between baseball and football. And if I do this correctly, I think you will find it to be quite hilarious. So here's the way he he wrote about baseball and football in his stand-up routine. He says. Baseball is different from any other sport, very different. For instance, in most sports, you score points or goals. In baseball, you score runs. In most sports, the ball or object is put in play by the offensive team. In baseball, the defensive team puts the ball in play, and only the defense is allowed to touch the ball. In fact, in baseball, if an offensive player touches the ball intentionally, he's out. Sometimes, unintentionally, he's out. Also, in football, basketball, soccer, volleyball, and all sports played with the ball, you score with the ball. And in baseball, the ball prevents you from scoring. In most sports, the team is run by a coach. In baseball, the team is run by a manager. And only in baseball does the manager or coach wear the same clothing the players do. If you've ever seen John Madden in his Oakland Raiders uniform, you know the reason for this custom. Now, I've mentioned football. Baseball and football are the two most popular spectator sports in this country. And as such, it seems they ought to be able to tell us something about ourselves and about our values. I enjoy comparing baseball and football. Baseball is a 19th century pastoral game. Football is a 20th century technological struggle. Baseball is played on a diamond in a park, the baseball park. Football is played on a gridiron in a stadium, sometimes called Soldier Field or War Memorial Stadium. Baseball begins in the spring, the season of blue life. Football begins in the fall, when everything's dying. In football, you wear a helmet. In baseball, you wear a cap. Football is concerned with downs. What down is it? Baseball is concerned with ups. Who's up? In football, you receive a penalty. In baseball, you make an error. In football, the specialist comes in to kick. In baseball, the specialist comes in to relieve somebody. Football has clipping and spearing and piling on, personal fouls, late hitting, and unnecessary roughness. Baseball has the sacrifice. Football is played in any kind of weather, rain, snow, sleet, hail, fog, In baseball, if it rains, we don't go out to play. Baseball has a seventh-inning stretch. Football has the two-minute warning. Baseball has no time limit. We don't know when it's going to end. Might have extra innings. Football is rigidly timed, and it will end even if we've got to go to sudden death. 
In baseball, during the game in the stands, there's kind of a picnic feeling. Emotions may run high or low, but there's not too much unpleasantness. In football, during the game in the stands, you can be sure that at least 27 times you're capable of taking the life of a fellow human being. And finally, the objectives of the two games are completely different. In football, the object is for the quarterback, also known as the field general, to be on target with his aerial assault, riddling the defense by hitting his receivers with deadly accuracy, in spite of the blitz, even if he has to use the shotgun. With short bullet passes and long bombs, he marches his troops into enemy territory, balancing this aerial assault with a sustained ground attack that punches holes in the forward wall of the enemy's defensive line. In baseball, the object is to go home and to be safe. I hope I'll be safe at home. So writes George Carlin. This is Dave Niehaus. See you later!